Welcome to the podcast for Resurrection Lutheran Church in Fredericksburg, Texas. I'm Pastor Garrett Buvinghausen. Today is Tuesday, March 23rd, 2021. We are wrapping up our two-part Bible study on saints and angels. We discussed today um, the holy angels and how they are spoken about in Holy Scripture. Uh, hopefully this will be a good um, and and enlightening Bible study for y'all. Uh, it went a little long, so I apologize for the length, but hopefully uh, you'll enjoy all the things that are within this long episode or this long Bible study. Um, just as a bit of an announcement, we will not be having Bible study for the whole month of April uh, with the busy season of Lent and um culminating in uh, Holy Week and Easter. Uh, my family and I are going to take a little time off and um, uh, at some point in April, and it gives me some time to plan our next study, kind of recoup a little bit after this busy season. So uh, hopefully this will hold you over until then, um, and God's blessings to you. Hope you have a blessed um uh, a blessed Holy Week and a blessed, uh, blessed celebration of uh, the resurrection of our Lord. Um, without further ado, here is our part two Bible study on saints and angels. The Lord be with you. And um, let us pray. Everlasting God, you have ordained and constituted this, this, the service of angels and men in a wonderful order. Mercifully grant that as your holy angels always serve and worship you in heaven so by your appointment they they may also help and defend us here on earth through your son Jesus Christ our Lord who lives and reigns with you and and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and excuse me, now and forever. Amen. Amen. I don't know what it is, y'all. The stress of Lent is getting me really, really tight in my shoulders, and it yeah. makes my stutter a lot worse. Yep. And when I read lot. things, it makes it worse too. So just this as an insight for me. Come over the house and see you. Well, I was couched together. Though. There you go. Hey. <laughs> Do that. I thought you were going to say, go chop some wood, you know, and just <laughs> loosen up your shoulders really well, you know. No, I'm tired of doing that. I think I've got a bunch more to do. But. That's right. That's why you have me do it, so I can lose no, it. I'm going to lose it my son-in-law. He needs to work. <laughs> why do you get so stressed at Easter time? Uh, well, Lent is, the, the Lenten season is so busy with, uh, you know, we have midweek services, we got Bible study. With the midweek services, there's two of them on Wednesdays. So it's just, 
it's a lot of me having to prepare and get up in front of people and do things and, and people always say or people sometimes say to me, it's like, how do you how do you do that? And I just go, I just I just do it. I just <laughs> it's it's my job. I I I enjoy doing it on some level, on other levels it's just one of those things you just gotta get up there and do it. Um I mean I enjoy it, but it's like the 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 thing about my stutter is it's kind of like Saint Paul with his uh, thorn that was in his flesh. He prayed to the Lord to take it away, and then Jesus told him, uh, "No," <laughs> he said, "My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness." So. And then so St. Paul says, so I will boast all the more of my weaknesses. And, and in some ways it's a, it's a nice thing because then it's, it's not up to me. I have to keep reminding myself, it's not up to me. It's not up to me. It's a, up to God working through his word by the power of the Holy Spirit. And yet Satan still just kind of turns that screw and yeah. says, I don't know, you're doing pretty bad right now. Everybody doesn't like you right now. That sort of thing. So, excuse it's, me. Well, well, if you were here on Sunday, we love you. I know. Well, if you if you remember from Sunday, Jesus says that Satan is the father of lies. You know, and so he he can't help but lie. It's part of his character. So it's it's one of these we things. We love you, and we appreciate everything that you do for us. Well, thank you very I much. I love your your Bible classes, your Sunday good. schools, your services. It's wonderful. Oh, so. good. Don't yep, let Satan get on your back. Just, <laughs> well, just remember you. that we all love you and we're here to support you in any way we can. Well, thank you. And and, and help you in any way we can to I, make it a little bit easier for you. I appreciate that. And uh, I, 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 will, I will have to keep that in mind. You know, it's one of those, it's just one of those temptations. Just a right? phone call away. Oh, mm -hmm. <laughs> Put that armor on and those arrows just go. That's right. That's, That's right. right. The full That's armor right of God. Yeah. Or some well, of, some of us respond to texts to to texts. Text. Yeah. So I can text or call some call folks. Yeah, you, you can text me at ten o'clock at night and I'll get it. <laughs> well, you know, if you see in our congregation at prayer um, on the list of people that that are here to pray to to pray for, I'm I'm right there at the end. So. And we uh, do. I do. We pray for yeah. you every day. Well, thank you very much. That's 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 you encouraging to me. That's encouraging to me because sometimes it gets to the point where, well, this is off topic. We're going to get to the angels in a second here, but um, <laughs> actually, it, it kind of has something to do with it. But being a pastor, there's there's um, it's a weird place to be. <laughs> it's a weird place to be because on one hand, you are. Uh, a Christian like everybody else, but on the other hand, you have been set apart and called to be something different, uh, and you stand in the place of God, talking to people, telling them God's word, whether it's what they, it, it's always supposed to be what they need to hear, and whether they want to hear it or not is another, another thing. And, and it doesn't put you in a favorable light in some people's eyes sometimes, so it's, it's tough. Like, there's a book... <coughs> It's a collection of letters from uh, Hermann Zasse, who's a Lutheran theologian uh, back in the 1900s, and he <clears throat> he wrote a bunch of uh, letters to pastors, and they've collected all those letters 
uh, into different volumes, and it's called it's called the, the, the excuse me it's called the the lonely way, right? So being a pastor can be a very lonely thing, uh, and yet when you have good people surrounding you and cheering you on, it becomes a little less lonely. So uh, it's kind of a nice thing to have that. But there are some guys out there, you know, in, in, in my mind, my, my own mind plays tricks with me and Satan kind of uh, tells me certain things that get me thinking, you know. And it's more of a conjuring in my own mind of like, oh, what could possibly be going wrong? That's got to be what's going wrong. Whereas other guys in the pastoral office have no doubt about what's going wrong because people are pointing or just pointing their fingers at them and yelling in their face, you know. So I don't have that at all compared to that. So I have to remember that. Um, <clears throat> all right. Off that tangent, we are today talking about the, the, the holy angels. So last week we talked about the saints. Before we begin, were there any questions or thoughts y'all had about what we talked about with the saints that we want to clean up a little bit before we move on to the angels? Are there any highlights from last week that y'all want to share that you kind of thought about during the week? I, I didn't think about it during the week, but, you know, being Catholic, it seemed like the Catholics said you had to make all of these miracles before you became a saint. Mm -hmm. Is that right? Canonized, yeah, kind of thing. But, you know, that was just so different than what we studied last Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know, Rome, uh, the, the Roman Church, you know, I, I, it's funny, I hesitate to call them Catholic because Catholic means universal. That's the little C. Right. We are, we are, we as Lutherans <coughs> are part of the Holy Catholic Church, small c. <coughs> Roman Catholic is an oxymoron. Because if you're, if you're universal, how can you be focused on Rome, this one place, right? So a Roman Catholic is kind of an oxymoron. Sorry to offend any Roman Catholics that are listening, but you should come be Lutheran. We're the true Catholics. Um, uh, and, and that is to say that we are the purified Catholic Church, the small c Catholic Church, that we never abandoned the ceremonies, or we should never abandon the ceremonies that were always good for um, the people, but we got rid of all that stuff about canonizing saints. We got rid of all the stuff about saying that the Pope is... Uh, the the uh, the head of the church on earth that sort of thing we got rid of all the errors and we only focused on what was really important which was the word of God and the gospel grace alone faith alone Christ alone that sort of thing but it's interesting you have this canonizing of saints <clears throat> you have this canon this this canonizing of saints and canon means like a rule so it's just like you have the canon of Holy Scripture, that the canon, it means that it's just according to this structure, this way of things. And they have canonizing the saints, and they say you have to have so many miracles that are verified. I don't know how you do that. 
and uh, they have all these experts. I don't know how you become an expert in miracles, but they have all these things, and there's so many miracles that have to take place, and they have an interest. They have an interesting, but very strange uh, theology of, and and understanding of <clears throat> relics, right? Relics of saints, like the bones of saints, and uh, all this stuff that Luther fought against, right? Saying that stuff doesn't matter. It, it, it has to do with the things here on earth, and we want to be focused on what Christ is doing and what Christ has done, right? So yeah, it's very different uh, because on some level, though, you have to understand that it's very, well, it's very understandable that the Roman Catholics would do something like that because it's a very natural thing for people to do, to try to fit things into certain categories and to try to make things make sense, right? Mm -hmm. So for a church that has been together, <clears throat> that has been existent on earth like the Roman church, <clears throat> they have all these traditions and um, rules and laws that formulated over the years because they wanted to have some order to things. And that's understandable. They just went too far. They went way too far. Because when you look at saints the way that we looked at it, which was through scripture, when you look at the saints and the, under and the understanding of the saints, it's more ambiguous than I think a lot of people are comfortable with. Right? It, it's much more nebulous. Like it doesn't, you can't really put your finger exactly on something or check off the boxes saying so-and-so is a saint when you go by what scripture says. Because it leaves it more in the hands of God than in the hands of men. So, that is to say, the Roman Catholics are wrong, but it's understandable why they want to hold on to the things that they're holding on to and the ways that they do things. I'm not saying it's right, it's just understandable, right? Well, and that's why we have so many denominations nowadays, and new denominations keep cropping up because people can't trust in God and His, and his Word to be the inerrant Scripture. Right. And they say, well, that, you know, that really doesn't apply because that was back then. So mm -hmm. today we do it this way. And so they keep modifying all this kind of <coughs> stuff. Well, pretty soon they fall away from the true Christian faith. And now they're in a denomination which, quote, profess to be Christians, but they're really not. Well, but also, and we're getting off topic here, but that's okay. Uh, also, there's nothing new under the sun. As we just learned from Ecclesiastes, there's nothing new under the sun, and whenever something new pops up, chances are it's already been done. Chances are somebody's already had that idea about Christianity, and it's already old. Um, or they think, well, we've got something that's totally ancient, but really when you look at the origins of what they believe and why they believe, it's only 200 years old. Whereas Lutherans, we look back and we even see the church fathers uh, from the beginning, the apostolic fathers and so on and so on, saying all the things that we say, which is exactly what Scripture says, right? So we always have the rule and norm of Scripture to guide us. Um, and we can go more into that later on once we get into the basics of Lutheranism uh, at a certain point. Uh, but for now, we're talking about angels. So... How about we begin our discussion on the holy angels with a, with a discussion on why, why 
angels have become fashionable. I mean, have y'all seen anything in pop culture about the angels? And if so, what is it? What have y'all seen? We just have an expression. He's a, you're a real angel. Mm-hmm. Meaning something better than. Yeah. It, it, kind of like what we said about saints, right? Snakes? Saints. Oh, saints. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> kind of like what we said about saints. saints yeah. uh, you know, it's like, oh, they're such a saint. Oh, she's such an angel. Like, yeah. sometimes I... I don't, I don't say it, but I could guess you could attribute it to Charlotte. It's like, oh, look at that little angel. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> She's a sweet little girl. Uh, that's, that's what a cherubim would look like. <laughs> well, actually, that's a... We'll get into that. Uh, a cherub. Cherub? A cherub is like the little baby angels with the little wings, the little yeah. fat babies flying around, you know? Um, it's true. Yeah. They're a little chubby. Um, I have those in my garden. Yeah? Yeah? So... So okay, so we have we have artistic depictions of the angels, right? The cherubs, of mm -hmm. uh, the, the angels that looked like babies with tiny little wings that couldn't couldn't carry something the size of them, you know. Uh, angel toilet paper. <laughs> angel toilet. They got angel a little soft. angel on the toilet. Angel soft. That's angel right. Angel soft. Yeah. A little baby on there, just yeah. Okay, so we got angel soft. <laughs> we got we got uh, depict we got descriptions of people like a, a something attributed to somebody. They're such an angel. Um, what else? Any anything in movies that y'all have seen? Oh, oh, touched by an angel. Touched by an angel, which that's that's old, but <laughs> uh, yeah, I used I to enjoy watching it. Yeah, you know? yeah. yeah. yeah it's too. it's an interesting show. The theology is a little weird when you really look at it, but it's 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 you know it's one of those things where um, I don't know they have an interesting view of angels. So that's that's a good a good one that I forgot about was touched by an angel, Roma Downey, and everything. And never mentioned Jesus. It's all about just God. Yeah, that's that's kind of the problem I have with it, yeah. right? Because Jesus is God, and yeah, and, but you know his. His name is offensive to a lot of people, so they didn't want to exactly. strike down the viewership, exactly. right? right? So how do they know whether it's a good or a bad angel? That's a good question. Yeah, that's a very good question. Um, right. Uh, yeah, touched touch by an angel would be an interesting study in itself to see, like, what is going on here? What are they saying? What does this imply? But so we have touched by an angel. Angel soft. <laughs> uh, <laughs> The movie with John Travolta and Michael. Yeah. Michael. Uh -huh. That's an interesting yeah, movie. Did you know that they filmed part of that in Green Hall? Yeah. Oh. Oh. Yeah. Where they're dancing. Uh huh. That was in Green Hall. They have uh, pictures of it on the wall. It's kind of neat. That's an interesting. That's a weird. <laughs> when you really think about it, it's a weird movie, but it's kind of funny. Um, it's called Michael. So John John Travolta plays uh, like basically the embodiment of Michael the Arch the Archangel, and he uh, he's always wearing a trench coat because he's hiding his wings. Oh, you know. <laughs> and the more the more miracles yeah. he does, the more feathers he loses and stuff like that. And um, <laughs> was it the guy? Yeah, no, I won't ruin it for anybody. But um, it's 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 interesting. 
Doesn't he say, I like pie? <laughs> oh, yeah, right, yeah. He eats a lot, too. It's really funny. He, he eats a lot, have, and he fights. He must have had a tough time doing that movie, being a Scientologist. Yeah, well, they can believe anything, so that's okay. Um, so, okay, so there's movie depictions of, of the Angels television, um, and, you know, so mine that I wrote down just real quick this morning, uh, when I was a kid, there was the movie... Um, angels in the outfield, you know, oh, yes. the kid, the kid prays to God that the Anaheim Angels baseball team would, would, would win <clears throat> the pennant so his dad would stick around, you know, and then he would see the angels helping, like actual angels helping out the baseball players and stuff, and it's like, that's cool, okay, <laughs> I mean, it was, it was, it was neat as a kid. For sure, it kind of showed the the might and the power that angels could could possess, right? There's also the City of Angels with Nicolas Cage and oh, Meg Ryan. Yes. I I never saw all of it, but I know how it ends, and I was just like, what? It's so depressing. Um, and then there's One Foot in Heaven. Which one is Foot in Heaven. Yes, um, which is a uplifting story. Mm-hmm. You've not seen that movie, mm -hmm. One Foot in Heaven? Who's in that? Uh, Herbert Marshall. Remember him? No. <laughs> that was before our time. <laughs> I remember Herbert Marshall. I, the name doesn't even ring a bell. <laughs> she tells me it's wonderful, and I'm sure it is. Everything that she's recommended has been really good. <laughs> yeah, well, well, I'm sure it has. We'll watch it this afternoon. Yeah, old movies are good. Oh, they're, yeah. they're better yeah. than yeah. the new ones. Well, it's we, a Wonderful Life is one. Yeah. Oh, that's right. It's A Wonderful Life, yeah. Clarence. Yeah, and we talked a little bit about that last time, didn't we? Mm -hmm. yeah. Um, yeah, well, speaking of old movies, we just... Um, my wife is really into classic movies, and she's just like, have you seen Meet Me in St. Louis? I was like, no. It's like, all right, we're watching it. We watched it. It was great. Um, and, I'll, and last night we watched... Last night we watched um, Seven Brides for Seven Brothers. Oh, yeah. Very so oh, yeah. good movies. Yeah. So, fun stuff. So, old movies have, I, th I think they have sometimes better depictions of things like this, like angels and, and mm -hmm. whatnot. Things of faith. Well, except for One It's a Wonderful Life. But, yeah, I wrote it down. One Foot in Heaven. We're okay. going to see it. Um, but It's a Wonderful Life was not very accurate about angels because Clarence was a guy who lived before and he's trying to earn his wings. I mean, angels are, we'll, we'll see, angels are created beings separate from humans. Uh, they are a different created order. Um, so, okay, we have all these depictions. Uh, we have these sayings even that we talked about last time that if somebody dies and we thought that they were a good person, we say that heaven gained another angel, right? Which is not, it's not really the way it works. Um, so, let me see. There's a question here. I'm <laughs> curious. And you may think I'm crazy, or maybe not. We'll see. Have any of you had any experience of an of an angel um, visitation? 
So have any of y'all experienced an angel visiting you at any point in time? Yep. Yep? When? I don't know if it was an angel or not, but my brother saw it too. But we were little living in Port Arthur. And um, I woke up one night and I saw this white thing coming from my brother's room around my bed and went into the closet. Sounds like a ghost. It might have been a ghost. I, I don't know. But I didn't find out until about three years ago that my brother saw the same thing. It was in his room. Wow. Oh, now, it could have been gases because we lived around the refinery. Okay. You know? Yeah. yeah. I mean, but it was, I mean, yeah, there was I thought it was my, I thought I was dreaming. But then when I found out about three years ago, my brother said, no, I saw it too. Wow. Was there something traumatic happening in y'all's life at that point? No. Hmm. Not that I know of. Hmm. So okay. anyway, there was something that floated through my bedroom and went into my closet. And of course, I woke up crying and screaming. And Mom and Dad came in and looked at the closet and said, Diane, there's nothing in here. Yeah. Everything's fine. Uh -huh. you know? I was probably about six, seven years old. <laughs> yeah. You know, wow. so. And the fact that your brother saw the same thing is very yeah. interesting. It very is. interesting. Okay. But it, you wouldn't say that it wasn't a completely pleasant experience. You were crying, right? It was kind of scary. I was scared. Yeah, it's yeah, so a little scary, yeah. right? Okay. Okay. Interesting. Yeah, I scary. But I didn't yeah. see any wings. I didn't see anything. Right. It was just a right a white, yes. flowy thing. Kind of indescribable. It's kind of yeah. hard to describe. Okay. Interesting. Okay. <laughs> hey, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not here to discount these things because, nope. uh, you know, I mean, Scripture has a lot of interesting things to say about angels uh, and the spiritual realities that surround us. Right. So, anybody else? Did anybody else have a, a encounter with an angel or a visitation from an angel? I don't think so. My mother no? saw Satan. Your mother saw Satan. Well, he is an angel. <laughs> uh, he's a fallen angel, right? Mm -hmm. Did she really? Oh, yeah. What happened, if you don't mind me asking? She saw him sitting out, standing out on a fig, le fig leaf in the backyard. And so she immediately prayed to keep him away from her. That's a good, that's, that's a good thing like? to do. He looked like a little red demon, <laughs> just like that picture of the devil. Oh, wow. Yeah, uh, Satan is, an, uh, is someone you don't want to mess with, but he's, um, it's interesting because Paul even mentions, or was it Luther maybe talks about how Satan can often appear as, as um, Satan can often appear as an angel of light, right? He what he might he makes himself very beautiful for you to pay attention to and kind of lure you away, right? So sometimes he can show himself in in a way that he really, really is, which is oppressive and scary. Other times he hides himself in beauty and, and makes you think that he's really the good guy. Um, <clears throat> so that's interesting. On the positive side, uh -huh. when my my mother told us this story, mm -hmm. but when she was a child, 
she was playing on the railroad track and there was a train coming and she said she looked up and she saw Jesus and Jesus told her to get off of the railroad track because she was she said she was busy playing not even aware of what was going on she swears by that story or she did so she so Jesus told her to, to get off the to get track. off of the railroad track and she told us that story over and over interesting yeah I can uh -huh. relate with that I relate to that because we lived right on the railroad tracks and and during my childhood there were several kids who got their legs cut off right. playing on the railroad tracks and got yeah. run over by train cars mm. Kind of like uh, Fried Green Tomatoes. Yeah, seen that movie. Mm -hmm. yeah. That's what I was thinking. I've seen way too many movies. Um, <laughs> so okay, interesting stuff. So we know about what the culture kind of says about the angels. We know about our personal experiences or what we've heard from other people. How about let's take a look at what Scripture tells about. Uh, the angels, but specifically we'll start with the connection of the angels with the life and work of Jesus. So let's start with Luke 1. Luke chapter 1, uh, verses 11 through 20, <clears throat> where uh, the angel appears to Zechariah. Okay, Luke chapter 1. Yeah, Luke chapter 1, verses 11 through 20. What does it say? Anyone want to read that for us? And an angel of the Lord appeared to him standing on the right side of the uh, altar <clears throat> or of incense. And when Zacharias saw him, he was troubled, and fear fell upon him. Oh, I don't blame him. Yeah. <laughs> but the angel said to him, Do not be afraid, Zacharias, for your prayer is heard, and your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son, and you shall call his name John. And you will have joy and gladness, and many will rejoice at his birth. For he will be great in the sight of the Lord, and shall drink neither wine nor strong drink. He will also be filled with the Holy Spirit, even from his mother's womb. And he will turn many of the children of Israel to the Lord of their, their God. And he will also go before him in the spirit and power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the just to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. And Zacharias said to the angel, How shall I know this? For I am an old man, and my wife is well advanced in years. And the angel answered and said to him, I am Gabriel, who stands in the presence of God, and who sent to speak to you and bring you these glad tidings. But behold, you will be mute and not able to speak, until the day these things take place, because you did not believe my words, which will be fulfilled in their own time. <clears throat> and the people waited for Zacharias and marveled that he lingered so long in this temple. 
But when he came out, he could not speak to them, and they perceived that he had seen a vision in the temple, for he beckoned to them and remained speechless. And so it was, as soon as the days... I think... Huh? I think you're supposed to stop at 20. That's okay. Oh, More Bible's okay. always good. Yep. Yeah. Well, we see the aftermath, right? Well, yeah, getting into the story. Hey, it's a good story. <laughs> <laughs> it is. It's no, it is. It's a, it's a great story. Um, you know, you see, you see what happens and you say, okay, so the appearance to Zechariah proclaiming the birth of his son, John, who will be known as the Baptist, right? Uh, as the forerunner of Jesus. So, he's afraid of the angel. Why is he afraid of the angel? Well, anyone would be. What, well, but why would he be afraid of a fat baby with tiny wings? <laughs> We're all afraid of the unknown. Yeah. I say that jokingly, right? Uh, yeah, because what did he see? He saw this really big man with, I mean, a, a form of a man. Yeah. Because my favorite um, portrait is, I mean, this is what I want my angels to look like. It shows this little boy sleeping in his bed, and there's this fierce, big I mean, huge man with wings and a torch, and he's standing guard with his wings around this baby. Mm -hmm. That's yeah. what I want my angels to look like. That's, <laughs> That's close. No, it's close because because you see in scripture, uh, in like Revelation and whatnot, you see that they have these depictions. They look like things, right? They don't look. They don't look exactly like a man or. Um, a woman or something like that, but you see, like you know, in and I, it doesn't say exactly what they look like, except for sometimes you'll see that they're just like full of eyes that, just, that, that, that they just have eyes covering their entire body, basically. So they're scary, or they look, they have the appearance of something familiar in creation, but it's entirely different. You, and, and there's no way you can really put it to words, what they actually look like. Because there's nothing else in creation like it, right? Now, does it say in the Bible that they have wings? Yeah, in, well, it, it depends on who you're talking to about this, because I know that um, <clears throat> in, in, in Isaiah... You see the depiction of where he sees the vision of the Lord in the temple. And he's and he's in his heavenly temple and the robes are flowing forth and the robes fill the temple that he's in. And and he looks and he sees he sees the face of God and he hides him he, he hides his face because the angels that are attending to God, who sing holy, 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 have six wings. They have two that cover their face. Uh, two that cover their feet, and I think two that cover their hands, I believe. And so you see that um, they have these six wings. They're obviously not using them to fly, because <laughs> how can you fly and keep your face covered you know, with, with the wings? That can't, can't happen. It's more of a spiritual representation, I guess, or he just saw that that's what it was. So some of them have... Um, Wings, they're classified by some people as the cherubim and the seraphim. And um, we'll look a little bit more into that. But you have to be really careful about how deep you get into um, 
what we the, the study of the angels because there's a lot of things out there in church traditions that have certain things to say that aren't in scripture um, so if, but there are depictions of them with wings with the ark of the covenant too in the ark of the covenant right the uh, was that the cherubim or the seraphim who are on the the ark of the covenant it's the seraphim it's the seraphim I think you're right that um, their wings are uh, folded over the ark, you know. So, I mean, these are artistic depictions of heavenly realities that couldn't possibly begin to capture the fullness of what they actually look like, right? But they're terrifying. But There's, the angels can take on any form they want to. Um, because... In Genesis, it says the angels came down and lived with man and procreated with man. No, I don't think it says that. I mean, we'll get into that later because what it says is the sons of God. And, and the sons of God um, lay with the, the daughters of man, right? Now, what that actually means that's open to interpretation, some people say that they're the angels. Um... I'm not going to go that far to say that because you could you could interpret the sons, the sons of God, being uh, those who were of faith, like the descendants of Seth and Adam, right? And so those who held on to the faith, they are sons of God, and yet they did what was not right by marrying the daughters of man. Which, which became a problem later on with uh, the nation of Israel getting daughters from the Canaanites and the, the Perizzites and the Jebusites and all that stuff. So um, I don't think that's what it says. I mean, we can debate about it if you want, but uh, it's kind of beside the point. So <laughs> any questions about that? Do you all know what he's talking about? Mm -hmm. Okay. Because that's what it says, the sons of God. And some people interpret that to be angels. How you reconcile that with uh, angels being primarily spiritual beings? How can a spiritual being have children with a physical woman? It's Their children would be like half-breeds or something? I don't know. It, it just <laughs> opens up all these possibilities. Just like, well, I don't know if we really need to go there. That's, that's right? Greek mythology. <laughs> the Greeks have things like that for sure um, yeah right with the gods coming down and having children with the demigods and stuff like that but we're not going to go there uh, we'll stick with what is here <laughs> so uh, yeah so they're terrifying and it's funny there's I, I wish I had like a TV here or something to show y'all this, this video from uh uh, Lutheran satire. Uh, it's a pastor, Hans Feeney. He's in Missouri now, I think. He's uh, a pastor in Missouri. And it's, it's, you know, it's this quick couple minute video of, you know, what, it, what, what pop culture says that your reaction to seeing an angel should be. And it's just, aww. Oh, look at you. What your actual, and, and then it's like, ding. It's like, what your actual 
um, response would be, and you see this person is going, ah! Ah! just screaming, 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 and you hear the angel go, do not be afraid. Do not... Okay, okay, this is getting ridiculous, because the guy just won't stop screaming, you know? Because uh, they're terrifying, and um, uh, they're, they have to say, do not be afraid. Do not be afraid, I'm, I'm not here to hurt you, because they look like they could, right? Um, and if you lived your entire life not seeing something like this, and all of a sudden you see just, just this angel, whether it's, you know, a giant man with a sword or something like that, um, or, you know, uh, the wings or, you know, the eyes or whatever, you'd be terrified. It'd be pretty scary. Um, but it's interesting because, okay, we see the appearance to Zechariah, and then let's take a look at the appearance to Mary, just a few verses later in verse 26, Luke 1, 26 there. Uh, who wants to read 26 through 38? Now in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God into the city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary. And having come in, uh, and having come in the angel said to her, Rejoice, highly favored one, the Lord is with you, blessed one, Blessed are you among women. But when she saw him, she was uh, troubled at his saying and considered what manner of greeting this was. Then the angel said to her, Do not um, be afraid, Mary, for you have, found, you have found favor with God. And behold, you will uh, conceive in your womb and bring forth a son, and shall call his name Jesus. And he will be great, and will be called the Son of the Highest, and the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David. <clears throat> and he will reign over the house of uh, Jacob forever, and his kingdom where he will have no end. Then Mary said to the angel, How can this be so? since I do not know a man. And the angel answered and said to her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the highest will overthrow, overshadow you. Therefore also that Holy One who is to be born will be called the Son of God. Now, in, how long do you want me to read? Uh, to 38. Oh. You can't see it where I'm at 30. Now, in, how, now indeed, Elizabeth, you, you're, uh, you relieve your... Relative? Your relative, and this is now that eight, with the sixth month of her, who was called barren. Am I reading the right thing? Yes, yes she conceived in her old age. And that oh, was the for with... God, nothing will be impossible. And then Mary said, Behold, the maidservant of the Lord, let it be uh, to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. All right, so let's get into this real quick here. So there's a difference here between Zechariah and Mary. 
right? Zechariah asks the question, Mary asks the question, but Zechariah asks, how shall I know this? For I am an old man and my wife is well advanced in years. And um, the angel said, I am Gabriel, who, I am Gabriel who stands in the presence of God and was sent to speak to you and bring you these glad tidings. But behold, you will be mute until this boy is born, basically, right? Yet Mary asks, how can this be? Right? Not how will I know that this is true, but how is this possible? Because in some sense, Zechariah should have known the story of Abraham and Sarah, right? That it wasn't impossible, and even was it, um, was it Hannah and Samuel or Samson and his parents? That there have been miraculous births in a sense that it was still brought about by natural relations between husband and wife. But this right here with Mary has never been has never happened before and hasn't happened since that a virgin conceived, right? So she doesn't say, "How will I know this is true?" She just says, "How can this be?" Right? It's this question of how can it even be possible? And the angel reassures her, "It's not of unbelief; it's just of wonder," right? Um, and then he tells her that this is what's going to happen, right? So we see that the appearance to Zechariah, appearance to Mary, um, we know, and we'll just kind of skip through because we're kind of running out of time here, that the appearance to Joseph, marrying Mary in Matthew 1, uh, verses 20 through 24, you know, he says, do not divorce her, do not cast her away, but take her as your wife, right? And then when they're, they're warned by the angel about Herod and they they flee down to the land of Egypt, right? Uh, and then when Jesus is born, so we can stay in Luke here, Luke 2, 8 through 15. Just I think what's interesting here, too, is yeah. that Zachariah was afraid. It doesn't seem that Mary was afraid. It says she was greatly troubled by his words. But mm -hmm. she didn't seem to be <gasps> afraid. Yeah, I don't... Yeah, I know. That, Maybe that... he looked gentler than the other one. <laughs> <So> <laughs> Maybe. I think it's interesting. Yeah, there's there's been a lot said about the differences between Zechariah and Mary's responses to the angel Gabriel. Um, but in both cases, Gabriel said, do not be afraid. Right. Um, we don't need to elaborate about it. It's just that, uh, yeah, you know, no. that Zachariah was afraid and she was troubled at his words right. and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. When Zechariah so saw him. She seemed a little more calmer. <laughs> when, yeah, when Zechariah saw him, he was troubled and fear fell upon him. Right. He feared. Whereas Mary was, yeah, Mary was just uh, troubled at the same because it, had a pretty pretty heavy saying. You're going to be with child, but you've never you're not married. You've never been with a man. So she's like, uh, how is this even possible? <laughs> yeah, we can we can definitely look at that some other time because it's worth looking into. It's an interesting study. Um, we'll probably save that for Christmas time. Um, appearance of the shepherds on Christmas Eve, Luke two eight through fifteen, where you know it's. 
it's the passage we hear on Christmas and we think of uh, Charlie Brown, right? Or oh Linus, right? I mean, in the in you can't beat it in the in the King James, but uh, in the New King James it says, "Now they were in the same country, shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were greatly afraid. They were sore afraid, right? And then the angel said to them, "Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people." For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be the sign to you. You will find a babe wrapped in swaddling cloths lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and, and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. Um, so it was... Right? So, so it was when the angels had gone away from them into heaven that the shepherds said to one another, Let us go to Bethlehem to see and see this thing that has come to pass, which the Lord has made known to us. Right? So the angels appear to the shepherds on Christmas Eve and tell them what has taken place. <clears throat> but we also see the ministry to Jesus after the temptation by the devil, Matthew 4, verse 11 where basically after he's been tempted by the devil, uh, the angels come... Mm, let me see. 4.11. Yeah, the devil left him, and behold, the angels came and ministered to him. Right? So we see that. I mean, there's, there's a lot of different things, like as far as also um, comfort of Jesus in Gethsemane. So after he's been praying in the Garden of Gethsemane, then... Uh, it says that uh, Luke twenty two forty three. You want to write that down? Got to kind of move forward here because we're running out of time. Luke twenty two forty three, where after he's prayed so much that he his he starts sweating drops of blood. Right, he's in such uh, turmoil and anguish. And then after this prayer. Um, see, 22.43, yeah, uh, then an angel appeared to him from heaven, strengthening him, right? Uh, and then after the resurrection, there's an angel who appears to the, the women at the tomb, Matthew 28, 2 through 7, uh, you know, he is not here, he has risen, right? So, and then... Jesus says in Mark 8, 38, I'm just kind of going fast here, sorry, because we want to get to other things as well, because there's so much more to say. Mark 8, 38, where Jesus says, For whoever is ashamed of me and my words in this adulterous and sinful generation of him, the Son of Man also will be ashamed when he comes in the glory of his Father with the holy angels. Right? So those are just... Those are the main things. Those are the main uh, depictions of the angels in the life and work of Jesus. Um, what are they primarily doing in those accounts? Bringing news. Yeah, they're messengers, right? They are messengers for a certain purpose at a certain time for the fulfillment of God's will, right? 
Um, and they're also there to strengthen, to watch out for, to watch over, right? Um, so that God's will would be done. Um, I want you all to turn to Psalm 103, if you would. Let's take a look and see, because you know the Psalms, first of all, I love the Psalms. I like them more and more the more that I read them. Um, Psalm 103. Verses 19 through 22. Who wants to read that for us once you get there? The Lord has established his throne in the heavens, and his kingdom rules over all. Blessed, bless the Lord, O you his angels, you mighty ones who do his word. Obey, obeying the voice of his word, blessing the Lord, all his hosts, his ministers who do his will. Bless the Lord all his works in all places of his dominion. Bless, bless the Lord all my soul. <clears throat> okay, so we see here there's a mention of the angels in the Psalms, right? Mm -hmm. In the Old Testament. So it's interesting because I wrote up here and, you know, I don't know if anybody... Can anybody read these things? <laughs> uh -huh. Come on now. All the angels. Yeah, so in Hebrew and in Greek, this is the word for, um, these, these are the words for um, um, angel. So it's malach, and then, and, and then, so you wouldn't get that, you wouldn't say, um, that, yeah, that, that sounds like angel, right? That's how we say angel, right? It's with an M. Malach. Uh, but it's also, this is where we kind of get our modern pronunciation of it. Angelos. That's how you say it. It's an alpha, gamma, gamma, epsilon. Um, oh my gosh. Lambda. Omicron Sigma. So, I'm just showing you how smart I am. Um, uh, but yeah, so with the two G's together, it makes an ng sound. So that's where you get the word angel. Um, so we see here that these are both words for messenger, right? The primary, at least in scripture, the primary. Um, duty of the angels is to carry a, a message from God to, to people. Um, but it's also kind of interesting because we see that in Scripture there um, is kind of an ambiguity about these terms because a Moloch can also be attributed to a prophet or a preacher, someone who carries a, a message to the people from God, right? So there's some ambiguity there, uh, and in some ways also in Revelation, it talks about to the angel at the church of Corinth, or to the angel at the church of Philadelphia and whatnot, you know, and that has been interpreted as saying to the pastor of that church. 
because he's the one who preaches. He's the one who carries God's word to the people. So in some ways, pastors, the prophets in the Old Testament, um, uh, those who carry the word of God to other people, they are angels. They're messengers. They're messengers in that sense, right? They fulfill that duty of carrying God's word. And so that's, that's part of the role of the angels, right? Then there's also, they're also known as mighty ones or uh, champion soldiers because um, there's also another Hebrew word. So it's um, uh, Aleph. And then. Um, you'll know what this is when I say what it is, because right? we say it all the time. Sa ba oath. Sabaoth. Lord God of Sabaoth. Right? Holy, 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 Lord God of Sabaoth. Heaven and earth are full of thy glory, right? That's what the angels from Isaiah say. So um, this is now <coughs> Sabaoth, which means hosts. It means hosts, like a host of armies, right? A host of soldiers. The angels are the ones who carry out God's will in that way, too. They fight for us. Right? And actually, as one of my professors in the seminary says, if you see um, Yahweh Sabaoth, or, or sorry, Sabaoth Yahweh, it means the Lord of hosts, the Lord of the army, uh, the Lord of the armies of the angels, right? Basically, General Yahweh. <laughs> He's there commanding his legions of the angels and um, fighting for us in the spiritual realm, right? Um, so they are, they are the armies of God. They are the servants of God as kind of the attendants of a king. Um, the angels are involved in God's rule over the world. So you see some of these movie depictions of the angels. There's this one movie, um, I think it's called Constantine. It's, it's weird because it's kind of in the occult realm of things. Uh, he, he fights these spiritual battles and there's angels and demons and you see both fighting it out or whatever. Um, and it, it gets into this weird stuff, but it, it, it is right that there is a spiritual battle going on behind the scenes. Uh, that it's not just, it's not just what we see going on. It is, it is, uh, a war taking place. Um, there are skirmishes, spiritual skirmishes going on behind the scenes. Um, but the angels of the Lord are always acting according to God's will. They are the ones who fight for us, who fight for the faithful. I think in um, C.S. Lewis's Screwtape Letters, you, you, see, you see kind of an, a glimpse of how he might see it, where... Um, Screw tape is, um, was it? 
he's, uh, he's writing a letter to his nephew Wormwood, right? They're these demons, and they're talking about how best to entice people. And when he mentions um, the angels, um, it's, it's interesting because he makes mention saying, you know, that the demons can't hear what the angels are saying to the people, how they're strengthening them. We have to just guess at that sort of thing. Uh, the demons have to guess about it. So it's kind of an interesting thing, but the angels strengthen us in a way by carrying a, uh, the, uh, the message of God's word and also fighting for us, right? Um, it's all kind of hard to say, though, about what exactly is going on, though, because it's all behind the scenes, we don't really have a whole lot of depictions about this stuff. Um, but the, the angels are, in a sense, like secret agents, right? They work behind the scenes uh, for goodness. And they have access to God's presence, like uh, Gabriel in Luke 1.19, right? He said... He said um, I am Gabriel, I stand in the presence of God, and I have been sent to speak to you and tell you this good news, right? Um, and as God's messengers, we can actually see how that takes place. If we go to Acts chapter 8, so if you turn to Acts chapter 8, I'm kind of having to rush through some of these things. Um, and I'm just trying to give you all an overview of what Scripture says about how the angels do what they do. So Acts 8.26. And we're going to be in Acts for just a minute here. Acts 8.26. Who wants to read that one verse? And the angel of the Lord spake unto Philip, saying, Arise, and go toward the south, unto the way that goeth down from Jerusalem unto Gaza, which is desert. Right. And so then you see that he arose and went, and behold, a man of Ethiopia, a eunuch of great authority under Candace, the queen of the Ethiopians, right? He sends him there for a reason that he doesn't know until he gets there. That he speaks to the Ethiopian eunuch uh, who's, who sat in his chariot reading Isaiah the prophet, and, and, to, and the spirit said to Philip, go near and overtake his this chariot. So Philip ran to him and heard him reading the prophet Isaiah and said, do you understand what you are reading? And he says, how can I understand unless someone guides me? Right. So pastor, so, so, so Philip being a pastor guides him in the explanation saying it's speaking about Jesus. Right. And that's, and then they talk about baptism, right. And he baptizes him on the spot. It's kind of neat, but the angel began that. The angel directed him to where the Ethiopian eunuch was, right? How about let's go to uh, Acts 10, uh, verses 3 through 7, and then verse 22. Acts 10, 3 through 7. Let's read that. truth, ninth hour of the day, he saw clearly in a vision an angel of God coming in and saying to him, Come thus. Cornelius. Come thus. 
was the name? Well, it's got a it's hyphen Corn in the middle. Oh, really? Oh, okay. Cornelius, yeah. Cornelius, okay. Mm -hmm. Now, where was I? Verse oh, 4. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Now send man, now send man to Joppa, and send for Simon, whose surname is Peter. <clears throat> he is uh, lodging with Simon a tanner, whose house by is by the sea. He will tell you what you must do. And when the angel who spoke to him had departed, Cornelius called two of his household servants and a devout soldier from um, among those who waited on him so continuously. So when he had explained all those things to them, he sent them to Joppa. Right, and then uh, verse 22 says, And they said, Cornelius the centurion, a just man, one who fears God and has a good reputation among all the nation of the Jews, was divinely instructed by a holy angel to summon you to his house and to hear words from you. So we see that there's instruction to Cornelius to send for Peter there. Um, how about Acts 12, 6 through 10? There's a lot of angels in Acts. You didn't think so, huh? Mm -hmm. Acts 12... Verses 6 through 10. Now when Herod was about to bring him out on that very night, Peter was sleeping between two soldiers, bound with two chains and sentries before the door regarding the prison. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood next to him, and a light, and a light shone in the cell. He struck Peter on the side and woke him, saying, Get up quickly, and the chains fell off his hands. And the angel said to him, Dress yourself and put on your sandals. And he did so. And he said to him, Wrap your cloak around you and follow me. And he went out and followed him. He did not know that what was being done by the angel was real, but thought he was seeing a vision. When they had passed the first and the second guard, they came to the iron gate leading into the city. It opened for them of its own accord, and they went out and went along one street, and immediately the angel left him. Okay, so, kind of interesting stuff, huh? Peter is rescued by an angel, an angel of the Lord. Uh, from prison, thinking that it's all just a dream, but it's really happening. And it's kind of the stuff you see in movies, right? They come up to the gate, it opens up by itself, and and um, it's funny that the the angel comes and strikes him in the side and says, get up and get dressed, we're leaving. You know? <coughs> Saved his life, right? Um, and then you see verse 11, And when Peter had come to himself, he said, Now I know for certain that the Lord has sent his angel and has delivered me from the hand of Herod and from all the expectation of the Jewish people, which was that he would die, right? They would kill him. Um, yeah, it's kind of interesting because after that he said, So when he considered this, he came to the house of Mary, the mother of John, whose surname was Mark, so John Mark's mother's house, 
where many were gathering together praying. Um, it's kind of interesting. Uh, just goes and tells people and uh, has this miraculous thing happen to him. And then we see that Paul encounters an angel as well. Uh, let's go to Acts 27. Acts 27, verses 23 through 24. Last night, an angel of God, to whom I belong and whom I serve, stood beside me and said, Do not be afraid, Paul. You must stand trial before Caesar, and God has graciously given you the lives of all who sail with you. Right. And then Paul says, Therefore take heart, men, for I believe God, that it will be just as it was told to me. However, we must run aground on a certain island, right? So he's he's been told this by, by the angel, uh, that their ship is about to wreck. So the angels are God's messengers in that sense as well, right? <clears throat> Um, any any thoughts about these things? It's kind of interesting, right? <clears throat> that it's it's hard to say exactly what to think about this. It's all so cut and dry, right? Well, of course, the angels are just telling them what's going to happen. The angels are saying what's about to take place, and we get these little bitty glimpse glimpses that just go, okay, what did the angel look like? You know, how did the angel do these things? Why did God send the angel to do this instead of doing it in a different way? Why did he allow Peter and Paul to see these things taking place, or to see the angels coming to them doing these things? <clears throat> Why did they just happen, right? In, kind of, in some sense, I don't know if it makes you wonder this, but it makes me wonder, why don't I see angels now? Right? Why, why don't I see them doing the things that they do for Peter and Paul and Mary and Zechariah. I mean, on some sense, you have to say, well, because that was a certain time where God needed to work in these ways so that his will would be done and that people would believe them and, and, and know that God was doing these things through them. Uh, because the time of the apostles is a very special time. They were promised to do these very great things, that these great things would be done through them. We're not necessarily given that, uh, but we are given their testimony and these things to be know, to know that they're true. Yet the same, at the same time, you wonder yourself, well, why not me? And do any of y'all think that? Yeah. Yeah. No. I, mean, I wouldn't blame you if you did, you know, so. We're in trouble yeah, times right now, so, you know. <laughs> Well, it'd be my luck and be the angel of death that, went, that was sent down by God during the Passover. <laughs> the angel of death. Yeah, yeah. so it's, you know, the angel of death, is that his, it brings up the, the question, is that his only job, is to execute people for God? Well, that's a good question. I, you know, he's I don't... called the angel of death. He's not called the angel of light or anything else. Right. I, you know, it's an, it's, it's an interesting question. I wouldn't be surprised, you know, Michael the Archangel has a certain job. Gabriel had a specific job. Uh, everyone, 
according to certain understandings, everyone has their own guardian angel. Um, well, didn't on Jacob's ladder, didn't he see angels running up and down the ladder? Angels ascending and descending, right? Yeah. 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 What kind of angels? That's a good question, you know? It's, it's dancing it's, angels. Yeah. <laughs> That's the thing, is that when you start looking at angels, you start looking for answers. And then when you get down to scripture and what it says, you just wind up with more questions. Right. Right? You wind up with a lot of questions as to why, you know, what is, what, how does it work in my life, you know? Um, so we see, but, but we know that they are the, the messengers of God. And we're going to see here in just a second here at how they are the soldiers in God's heavenly um, in, in God's heavenly army. Let's go to Revelation 12. That's always a fun book. Always a A fun book. Yeah. yeah. Revelation 12, um, 7 through 8. Verses 7 through 8. There was war in heaven. Michael and his angels fought against the dragon, and the dragon fought and his angels and prevailed not, neither was their place found anymore in heaven. Right. And you see later, you know, so, so the great dragon was cast out, that's, that serpent of old called the devil and Satan who deceives the whole world. He was cast to the earth, and his, and his angels were cast out with him. Um... Revelation is a very interesting book. And we should, and I think y'all y'all did a study on Revelation not not long before I got here, um, which is funny because I took a class on Revelation right before I graduated the seminary. And um, well, we ought to see what you have to say about <laughs> Revelation. I've got well, all kind of notes in my Bible. On yeah, Revelation. well, I was I was I was told by my professor. He said he said. Be careful, because when you first get into the parish, people, you ask the people, what do you want to learn? And most of the time they're going to say, Revelation. And that's not a bad thing to start with. He said, you probably want to start with other foundational stuff before you get into it, because it's a lot of, it's a lot of twists and turns, a lot of symbolism about things that have taken place, and um, a lot of things that people get wrong. Um, that you have to be really careful with. But we see here very plainly that war broke out in heaven. Michael and his angels fought with the dragon, that is Satan, and the dragon and his angels fought. But they did not prevail, nor was a place found for them in heaven any longer. Now, when this takes place, uh, we'd have to go deeper in, into that study, but... Before Genesis... Yeah, I think so too. Yeah, there's 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 questions on because Revelation has a lot of symbolism, so it could be both. Uh, there's it's kind of mind-boggling because Revelation is such a is is the kind of text that is very symbolic. It has a lot of roots in apocalyptic literature. That is apocalyptic means a revealing a showing of something. So they're showing a reality of the spiritual world, which is mind-boggling in itself that they have to put it in a certain way for us to understand it. 
So some people say that it's both and. It's both what happened at the beginning and what happened um, when Christ was crucified and died. Because you see in Job that Satan is prowling. He's, he's going to and fro, back and forth upon the earth. And then he's in the courts of heaven um, accusing Job of wrongdoing, right? So he's in the presence of God and the angels. And this, some people may interpret this as being, you know, when Christ was crucified, now there is no more place, there, there is no longer a place for Satan to come and make the accusations against us before God. So it's kind of a, it, it, it can be seen as a both and kind of thing that in Genesis, yes, Satan was cast down, but in Job, we get this weird instance where he's back in heaven in his fallen state. Making a deal with God. Yeah, kind of uh, having this conversation and making a deal with God, but God is using him in his own way. It's a very interesting kind of, it would be interesting to look at that a little bit more. But you see that Revelation is kind of all over the place. You have to be really careful with this stuff. But in the end, the angels win. The angels of God win against Satan and his angels, um, his soldiers, his troops. Maybe, um, maybe it's a continual battle that's going on and on and on. There is a continual battle going on in the heavenly places, whatever you yeah. want to call that. I mean, it's kind of an ambiguous term for a reason. We don't know exactly where. It's not necessarily a physical location. Right. It's a spiritual realm that is beyond our understanding of things. Um, that's why St. Paul says we do not battle against flesh and blood, but against um, Principality. the principalities and the powers of the air. That's, that's, that's how he puts it. It's just in the air somewhere. We can't see it with our eyes, but we have to understand that it's taking place behind the scenes, right? Um, and this could be the end times, too, when Satan is finally cast out, well, eternally and destroyed. Well, yeah, maybe the, the, the thing about Revelation is that there, it's, it's, it's these cycles that go through. And we, I would love to go through it again to see all that. It would just be a monstrous study uh, that I would love to do at some point. That would be a two-year study. It would be a long study for sure. Because um, you can't, you can't go through, you can't go through it quickly. Right. I mean, you see here, verse ten. Then I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, "Now salvation and strength and the kingdom of our God and the power of His Christ have come." Right. So that's how some people can say that that's when Christ was crucified and died for the sins of the world. For the accuser of our brethren, who accused them before our God day and night, has been cast down. And they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony, and they did not love their lives to the death. Therefore rejoice, O heavens, and you who dwell in them. Woe to the inhabitants of the earth and the sea, for the devil has come down to you having great wrath because he knows that his time is short, that he has a short time. So we can get into all the symbolism of that later, but the angels fight for us. For those who are faithful, they fight for the faithful people. Um, well, and Martin Luther was, was a strong believer in angels, guardian angels, and mm -hmm. what have you. He, yeah. I mean, he's, most of his prayers conclude with, 
the holy angels take care Let of you. Let your holy angel be with me. The right. evil foe may have no power right. over me, right? Luther's morning and evening prayers mm -hmm. include the angels watching over us, right? And, and he probably gets that from Psalm 34, verse 7. You don't want to turn there, you can just listen. <coughs> Psalm 34, verse 7. It says, the angel of the Lord encamps, encamps all around those who fear him and delivers them, right? Um, so the angels are our spiritual bodyguards, right? Um, and Psalm 91, verses 11 through 12 Turn there real quick for y'all. Psalm 91, verses 11 and 12 says, For he shall give his angels charge over you to keep you in all your ways. In their hands they shall bear you up, lest you dash your foot against a stone. Of course, that's what Satan used against Jesus when he was tempting him in the wilderness. Mm -hmm. um, he used it in the wrong way, though. He used it in a way we shouldn't use it. But... For us who are faithful, it's not that we should tempt God by throwing ourselves off a building saying, well, the angels will catch me, right? But it's that, it's that the angels will watch over you and guide you according to God's will. Until you don't jump off that bridge. That's right. <laughs> That's right. Um, they will lift you up in their hands saying, don't jump. Right? Uh, you can see it that way maybe too. Yeah. Or um, change, you, change you to the guardrail. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, Matthew 18.10 Jesus says uh, let's see Matthew 18.10 Jesus says take heed that you do not despise one of these little ones for I say to you that in heaven their angels always see the face of my Father who is, who is in heaven. Um, in this, who is he talking about? Who are the... Uh, who are the... Who are the little ones that he's talking about? Who is the little one? Children, cherubs. Cherubs. Children and new Christians, right. right? Those who are children in the faith. Yep. Those who are young in the faith and not not quite mature, mature enough. They're um, not quite mature. These are the highest angels, though the angels that see the face of God, who are called the angels of presence. They are standing in the presence of God. Um, those are the generals. Those are the generals, yeah. Well, those are the lieutenant generals, or lieutenant colonels, or whatever. Or the God, God is General Yahweh. He is the commander-in-chief, and yeah. they're his, his he's generals. Than the general. Yeah, right. So, yeah, he's, he, if you he, want to put it in human terms. Yeah, right? he rules the general. That's right. <laughs> um, the greatest angels are the protectors for... Uh, children and new Christians in the church, right? Because they require the most protection in some ways. Not to say that mature Christians don't need that protection, but in some sense they've been equipped, you know, as St. As Paul says, with the full armor of God. 
that they can they can stand guard and stand at their post in some ways, but those who don't know about the armor of God, who just are barely in the faith to begin with, they need a lot a lot more protection. So the mightier <clears throat> the mightier angels watch over them, you could say, right? Luther's daily prayer, we talked about that. Let, let your holy angel be with me so that the evil one may have no power over me. Uh, we watched a movie a couple weeks ago called Greyhound. Uh, it's on Apple TV Plus or whatever. And it's with Tom Hanks. And it's about the, um, about the crossing of the Atlantic during World War II that these, uh, these destroyers would, um, would cross the Atlantic with the cargo ships and uh, the tankers and things like that to bring the supplies over to the front in World War II. And they had to guide them and protect them from U-boats and things like that. And Tom Hanks is the captain of the ship. And it's really interesting because there's the, it's, a, it's, a, it's, it's a pretty short movie. But it's really interesting because he's a very devout Christian man. You don't know what denomination he is, but he prays. He prays some of Luther's prayer. He literally gets on his knees and he prays. <clears throat> he says, amongst the rest of it, he doesn't say the full morning prayer or evening prayer, but he says, um, let your holy angel be with me that the evil foe may have no power over me. It's really cool. And actually, it's really neat, too, because there's a part where their, what is it, their instruments fail, the radar is not great, and he asks uh, his, his, uh, the officer below deck, he says, what's going on? And his, and his officer says, the night cometh when no man can work. And I was like, ooh, that's cool. <laughs> like, that's really neat. Uh, I got chills when I heard that. I was like, ooh, that's, that's actually really neat. Uh, because that's part of a prayer, right? Yep. Um, it's really neat. Anyways, so uh, that's the kind of pop culture reference I'd like to see more of. Uh, so, okay. We'll end this with a recap of what we kind of talked about last time uh, with the saints in the divine service. Because the angels also participate in the divine service as well, right? They are serving spirits, uh, literally um, liturgizing spirits um, in Hebrews 1.14. Um, and they join with us in the adoration of Christ. Uh, they, and we give praise to God with the angels in Hebrews 12, if y'all remember from last time, right? Uh, where he says, But you have come to Mount Zion and to the city of the, of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem, to innumerable angels in festal gathering, and to the assembly of the firstborn who are... Who are... Um, enrolled in heaven, and to God, the judge of all, and to the spirits of the righteous made perfect, and to Jesus, the mediator of a new covenant, and to the blood for sprinkling that speaks a better word than the blood of Abel. So, in the, in the divine service, 
Well, not in not so much in Lent because we don't have the Gloria. Uh, we we don't have the Gloria in excelsis, um, which y'all know what that is, right? The angels singing glory to God at Christ's birth. In our divine service, you know, the pastor says, Glory be to God on high, and everybody sings, And on earth peace, goodwill toward men, right? So we're singing with the angels in that sense, and we sing with the angels, the song of the angels uh, from Isaiah 6, Holy, holy, holy Lord God of Sabaoth, Lord, Lord God of hosts, right? That the angels, these mighty, mighty beings, that if we could actually see them with our with our eyes, they would be terrifying. They are mightier than anything we could possibly fathom, yet they are there in awe of what's taking place. They are there giving glory to God for what he has done for men, for mankind, right? Um, it, you know, I know, Diana, I know you said you, you picture these little angels flying around. Not little ones? Oh, they're big. Okay, good. Yeah. Uh, well, I guess I substituted that in, so forgive me. Because, you know, whenever, when everybody, whenever anybody talks about the angels flying around, just like little fat babies with wings. But no, yeah, they're, they're mighty beings that are terrifying and tremendous. And thanks be to God that they fight for us, right? They fight for us. They guard us. They watch over us. There's probably, I guess, you know, I have a personal story, I guess. You know, someone, I didn't even think about this until right now. At the beginning when I asked, uh, have you experienced um, a visitation from an angel? Um, I don't know if I shared this with y'all. You probably can't see it because of my collar, but I have a scar oh, yeah. on my neck here. And if you look really closely, it goes all the way around my neck in the back here. That when I was a, a kid, I was a eighth grader, 12, 13, something like that. And my dad was, we lived on five acres, and my dad was building the fences for the, the yard, and we had the pasture out there. He was putting up the fence for the yard. And to make sure the fences are straight, you have to have... Um, nylon string from corner to corner, making sure all the posts are aligned. And um, they had corner posts of, uh, you know, these corner wooden posts. And they hadn't put the cross braces on them yet. They hadn't put the wire up or anything yet. And it was at winter time, it was Christmas break. I had a four wheeler. And I would drive around and I would drive between those corner posts because oh, there's nothing there. And it was just wide enough that my four-wheeler would fit right through. And uh, it was right in the corner of the yard by the, by the gate. And I was with my friends. I forget what we were going to go. My dad was out in the front pasture. I forget exactly what he was doing out there, what we were going to go talk to him about. I have no idea. But my friends had dirt bikes, and it was two, two of my friends, one of them had a dirt bike, one of them had a four-wheeler. They took the driveway. They went out the driveway. I thought, one last time, let's just go through this post. And I drive through, 
and I looked and I and like at, at the last minute I saw there was a string there. It was a nylon string. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Come to find out that it was two nylon strings because they had kept tying one end, pulling it to the end, and they'd pull so tight that it would snap each time. So they had to, yeah, so they had to go on the inside, wrap it on that one, pull it to the corner, wrap it on that, pull it to the next post, tie it on that, and then go on. So it was two strings, tight, like, tight enough you could play a note on them, you know? And I saw it at the last minute, and so I pulled on the brakes and I tried to turn, but I was all, I was already going through the posts. And I had on a helmet that had the face guard here, you know, like a dirt bike helmet or a motocross helmet or whatever. And uh, it, uh, oh well, um, sorry, to leave you in suspense. It caught me on the neck and it's a nylon string, so it's like a little tiny rope. And it caught into my neck and it, uh, just, it wrenched into my skin and I, knocked me off the four-wheeler and uh, come to find out it, both the strings broke mm. uh, and my dad was freaking out, my mom was freaking out, we rushed to Texas Children's Hospital, got stuck in traffic along the way and, you know, I'm, I'm just laying there trying to, it's like, because oh, oh, it hurt really bad. Um, and you were we get to bleeding really bad too. What's that? Bleeding. We got to Texas Children's and we sat in the waiting room. They didn't rush us in there oh. because I wasn't bleeding. Oh wow! Oh. What had happened was because it's a wound, it's like a rope, and because I hit it just at the right part and it cut in and it it caused a rope burn and it cauterized the wound as it cut. Yep. So it. Oh. My dad said it looked like someone took a tool and just carved a notch right in my neck. Like I had a little trench in my neck. And they, the people like, I, sat, I was trying to keep my head really still. He was like, oh, it hurts so bad. And it just, it just burned, you know. And the, wow. I, could, I could remember the mm. nurses kind of walking and just, just going off, you know. And just like, oh my gosh, I just, oh my gosh, I can't believe he's just sitting you know. um, it was pretty, pretty, like, it, all they had to do, we spent the entire day, <laughs> spent the entire rest of the day there, and all, all they had to do was clean it out with, with, with uh, a Q-tip and polysporin, which hurt really bad, and give me a tetanus shot. No internal damage. Wow, no mm -hmm. scar. There is a scar still. Oh, yeah. It's right yeah. here. It's because you had to be here telling that story. Well, you know, people people at church kept saying you had a guardian angel mm -hmm. to cut that line right as yeah. right, right when it was supposed to happen. Yeah. Yeah. Nylon generally doesn't break. Right. Wow. Nylon That's doesn't break. Yeah. It's pretty amazing. I, it's amazing too because nylon regular rope probably wouldn't have cauterized it. Nylon mm -hmm. because oh, it'll yeah. just kind of Burned. Yeah. Yeah, it burned. Yeah, because I use nylon string to cut PVC pipe. Yeah. Because it makes a nice, smooth, even cut. Just sit there and My uncle Steve at the time said it looked said I looked like Clint Eastwood from from uh, <laughs> I looked like Clint Eastwood from from Fistful of Dollars. No, from Hang 'em High. 
Because yeah. oh, yeah. he, he survived the hanging. So yeah, I mean, that's, I guess you could say that's, that's my encounter with a guardian angel. That someone, someone said, God's got plans for you, son. And I was like, yeah, okay. <laughs> and I look, look, look where I am now doing what I'm doing. So it's kind of amazing. Well, I think we've got guardian angels all the oh, time. Yeah. Oh, I no mean, doubt about it. You somebody says, you know, you're going to take one road, and then you think, no, I better wait and take another road. And right. then you find out that there was a big wreck on the road that you originally were going to take. You know, just little things like that, that I think your conscience, they talk to you through your conscience, maybe, mm. but there was... Something, a story, or something. Okay. I don't know. Well, see, and it's, 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 I'll say this because it's, it's, like I said, it's very ambiguous that we have to be careful, you know, different Christian traditions will try and put their thumb on exactly how the angels do, what they do, why they do it, all this stuff. I mean, the Eastern Orthodox have a lot to say about it. I know the Roman Catholics have a lot to say about it. Um, you know, through their understanding of logic and reason and things like that, but it's 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 interesting because we don't know exactly when the angels will show up. We don't know exactly how they help us because they 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 do it behind the scenes. We don't know if they whisper to us or like make us think certain things because we also shouldn't discount the work of the Holy Spirit either, and the work of the Holy Spirit works on our consciences as well. So how the Holy Spirit works in tandem with the angels, I don't know. But in some sense, all we do need to know is that they're working for our good. And that you see something, uh, like you said, you say, I'm going to leave at this time, I'm going to take this road. And something happens to keep you from leaving at that time. And then when you take that road later, you see, wow, there was, there was an accident. Mm -hmm. And I could have been caught in that truck toppling over or something. And you say, and, and instead of saying, thank you, angel, say, thank you, Lord, for sending the angel to guard over me, right? Because it's really God's doing who sends him, who, who, who dispatches uh, the angels to, to our aid and protection, right? So not to not give the credit to the angels, but... I have to go to the store or do something, and I'm not feeling real chipper, not real together. And so I get in the car and I go, okay, Lord, I got to get to H-E-B. Please let your guardian angel be with me to get to H-E-B yep. safely. Yeah. So I get to H-E-B, and then on the way home I go, thank you, Lord, for letting me do it. <laughs> Good. <laughs> so you don't want to ask him for a safe passage back? <laughs> She's more chipper then. Yeah, that's right. That's a good thing to do. That's a good thing to do and a good thing to pray for. Uh, for sure. I, I totally believe so. All right, any, any closing questions or thoughts, comments on these things before we, before we close? Well, she said, you know, we've all experienced the gardening, guardian angels, and yeah, we have. I have too. But do we have one specific guardian angel? Or yeah, just, I don't know. Just, yeah, they're all assigned to you. I mean, you can... <laughs> you can do it all the time. There well, are assumptions. I mean, I've had make, that right? experience. Like, I remember when I was six, seven years old, first, second grade, and I had to ride my bike to school. And I mean, it was cold. 
it was windy, it was wet, you know, rainy, and it was mild. And that feels both ways. That's right. No, not, not, <laughs> That's not, not in Houston. Not in Houston. No, it was in Houston. No, I know, but not uphill both ways in Houston. They don't have that. No, it wasn't uphill. Just, okay. anyway, uh, anyway, sorry. Well, I mean, I, I was miserable. I didn't think I was going to make it, but, you know, I was always told you, you had a guardian angel. And I just felt like, okay, this guardian angel's back here. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to make it, I guess, you know. <laughs> but, you know, at six or seven, I can tell you it wasn't the Holy Spirit. Well, I mean, for me, it was just a guardian angel watching, make sure I got there. Pushing that bicycle. Yeah. I guess. But it, it was... Really well, the Holy Spirit was there in some way, I'm yeah, sure. Well, it's one of these things... Well, the know, Holy Spirit was there... Making you have comfort in knowing that a guardian angel was watching you. Okay. <laughs> you know that's the thing. That is that is the, the 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 interesting thing about things like the like the holy angels, the Holy Spirit, these 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 um, forces behind the scenes that are doing all this work that we would love to know more about, but it's not given for us to know exactly how it happens. It takes faith. It takes trust that God knows what he's doing and that he's watching over you in some way, in some form, you know, doing what needs to be done to take care of you. But it doesn't say in the Bible that the angels are omnipresent, omnipotent, and omniscient. No. Only God is. Right. So the angels can't be in multiple places. Well, the angels time. don't do anything that they're not told to do by That's God. Right. They are fully... They're mindless servants. What? They're mindless servants. They're not mindless, but... Their will is one with God. Well, they're spirits. They don't need a mind. Well, how you define mind, I don't know. But we'll get into that some other time. Anyways, um, hope you all have enjoyed this. Uh, a few quick announcements before we close. I know we're, we're way over time, but such is the nature of things like the angels. Um, Lenten midweek service. The last one is tomorrow, 12.15 and 7 o'clock. 7 in the evening. Uh, on the topic of of um, of infant baptism, so discussing seeing in the Psalms and in the uh, scriptures why it's important that we should baptize children. Um, after that, Palm or Passion Sunday uh, is sun is this coming Sunday. We'll have palms. We'll have a procession. We're going to make a big to do about it. We're going to try to at least, and then uh, Holy Week. Um, Maundy Thursday uh, services at 6.30 in the evening um, Good Friday the next day is 6.30 as well um, Easter sunrise service is at 7am uh, breakfast and an Easter egg hunt is at 9 o'clock uh, and then the main divine service is at 10.30 so we got a busy round of weeks and you ask why I'm stressed out because um, there's a lot of stuff going on. So we'll take a break for, from Bible study during Holy Week. Um, this kind of is a nice little break-off point here. Uh, and I was looking at the calendar, and I think we're probably going to also take a break for the rest of April, just so I can kind of rest a little bit. huh? You mean we're not going to have you for... 
not going to be sitting in this class as we are now in all of April. All of right. April. Asha. He needs a rest. I know it. <laughs> if you want to come here and We're sit, actually gonna take fine. some time off after <laughs> so so we we were gonna take some time off at a certain point, but then we saw we had a voters meeting, we had this all this other stuff still going on in April, and so we thought we're gonna take the last week of April off to kind of take a little vacation time too. Just the last week. Well, personally, but we won't have Bible study during that time, just so I can kind of recoup before that. So you need to get your income tax done. <laughs> so focus on your taxes, and we'll 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 pick up Bible study beginning in May uh, on the Asha. next thing, right? What is that? I told Pastor yesterday that schools they take off three months during the summer. Yeah. I said you should too. Yeah. Uh, not three months. Just no, a month. Just a month. I ask. Uh, and then, and then we'll come back with force. We'll, we'll just get right back into it. But no. until then, we have plenty of opportunities to come to church for services and whatnot. So yeah, and plan on holy December off too for Bible study. Yeah, I mean, well, not three December. months all at once. December is a busy, busy month for a pastor. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and Easter. maybe y'all can let me know if a different day might work better for y'all too. We don't have to keep it on Tuesdays, but if you like Tuesdays, we can keep to Tuesdays. So. Does it bug you? No. Okay. <laughs> I just want to put it in y'all's realm to say if y'all want to have Bible study on Wednesday, if y'all want to have Bible study on Thursday. I mean, He's here every day anyway. Oh, yeah. yeah. I'm here in the morning. And most of the afternoon. Anyway, so think about those things. Uh, pray that you would come to those services. Join us for those things. Uh, we have good things planned for y'all this year. Um, and with that, let's go ahead and close with the Lord's Prayer. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen.